Well, today I'm going to be sharing a message with you about uh, receiving. We know scripture says it's more blessed to give than to receive, but how many honest people uh, would be here this morning and say, I really like to get gifts? Okay, the rest of you will pray for your souls. Because even if you're a giver, everyone loves to uh, receive gifts. Whenever I, um, whenever I do uh, premarital counseling, one of the things that I love to talk about or that I, I'm committed to talking about with people uh, with premarital counseling is how, are, how do your family, how does your family handle the holidays? Because one of the things that I have found that's often a tension point for uh, newly married couples is how they're going to handle the holidays because families, family culture really comes out around the holidays. How many of your families have some traditions? Okay, let's, let's back up a little bit. How many of you, let's go this way. How many of you, when you got married, you had in your mind the way that Christmas would go, but then you got married and it came time for Christmas and then all of a sudden your new spouse family had some traditions that were different than your traditions. Never, no one else. How many of you, how many of you it was like a real wake up call that oh my goodness, things are different now. Yeah, I'll never forget um, when Desiree and I got married uh, not we got we got married in July, so there was a few months uh, leading up into the holidays. We got married, and then it was coming to the holidays, and it came time for Christmas, and uh, that first Christmas we were going to spend with her family. And uh, in my family, when when we have Christmas, we would gather all of my aunts and uncles and everyone. We would all get together and have a big uh, Christmas lunch, uh, but it was very casual, right? Um, and we would just all kind of come casual. Everyone would bring uh, whatever you know, food, and we would just have a great time. You would just wear whatever, in fact, a lot of times we would wear like old ratty clothes because we were going to, especially as the kids, we were going to go outside and play uh, as the meal was being prepared. So we didn't dress up for Christmas. And I'll never forget when Desiree and I first got married and I, I came out and we were getting ready to go. And she's like, is that what you're wearing? Like whoa, what do you what do you mean? I've got my stretchy pants on because we're gonna eat a lot, right? Um, and she's like, "Is that what you're wearing? No, you can't wear that. You have to." I had to dress up like you know it was like Sunday best and not you know modern 2023 Sunday best, you know like 1972 church Sunday best, right? And I I can't you know we we went to Christmas and. You know, in my, in my family, when you, when you had a holiday like that, it was kind of like a cattle call. When the food was ready, everyone just kind of to the table and took food and went everywhere. In her family, like, we all sat around a table, and I, there were, like, folded napkins. I'm like, what is going on here? Anybody else? It's a little different, right? And, and so I often tell couples, you need, to, you need to talk through what the expectations for the holidays are because you don't want to have so much shock. And guys, then it came time to give presents. Again, my family, wild, crazy, present-giving time. It was just kind of like everyone gathered in, presents are being thrown everywhere, wrapping papers flying 
Everyone's cheering, excited. Her family, everyone sits in a circle. <laughs> the youngest person in the family has to go to the tree and hand everyone their gifts one at a time. That first Christmas, I was the newest person into the family, so now I've got to go do this job. And, and people, get, they get their gifts, and they just kind of unwrap it slowly, saving the bow. Look at the present. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Gift receiving in my family culture was very different than that. You get a gift, papers everywhere. Oh, I got this. I'm so excited. So I, I tell couples, you need to think, you need to talk about this because culture and family and giving and receiving can be very, very, very different. And there's nothing that really brings out a person's personality like, like receiving gifts. And, and uh, so this morning, I want to talk about giving and receiving. The Bible actually has a lot to say about giving and receiving. And, and Jesus in particular um, talked about receiving in Luke chapter 17. We're going to look at Luke chapter 17 and in a particular story uh, that, that Jesus told uh, really about, about receiving and about our hearts and, and how we receive. And, and, and it's important to understand when we read Scripture that we read Scripture in context. And a lot of times what people do is they'll take a verse of Scripture and they just isolate it. It's a bumper sticker. It's a meme. And they don't fully understand. And Luke 17 is one of those places where you, you have to really make sure that you're reading it in context. So there, there's some bumper sticker verses in, in Luke chapter 17 that are often taken out of context when in, in particular scripture talks about faith and faith like a mustard seed and all, all of those things. People love to quote that particular passage of scripture or that verse of scripture and uh, not know the context or what it's really, really talking about. What it's really, really talking about are relationships and how we give and receive for one another and how we love and forgive and receive forgiveness. And so we're going to look at Luke uh, chapter 17. I want to re read verses 11 through 19 to you because this really is about this really is about giving and it really is about receiving and in this time of the year that we celebrate uh, Christmas and we often give and receive I thought it would be helpful for us to look at what Jesus has to say about receiving in particular because we can't allow insecurity and we can't allow entitlement to rob us of the joy and the fullness of receiving and oftentimes in our relationships with one another and in our relationships with God, if we're not careful, insecurity and entitlement can get in the way of the fulfillment of receiving. Let's read this, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. It says this, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all the ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? 
Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Luke chapter 17 is a collection of teachings by Jesus. It, it piggybacks, obviously, from Luke chapter 16. And, and if you're not familiar, in Luke chapter 16, Jesus, uh, Jesus tells the story about, uh, about a man who, uh, who was at, he had leprosy, he had a disease, and he was at, uh, he, was, he was a beggar, and he was at the, the, the doorway of a very wealthy man. Does any of you remember this story? You remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? And so Jesus tells this story about uh, this rich man and Lazarus. And of course, uh, if you don't know the story, Lazarus, when he dies, he goes into Abraham's bosom and he's waiting uh, for the fullness of uh, receiving the blessing of the Lord. And he's in Abraham's bosom. He's being blessed. And, and, and the rich man uh, the rich man is in Hades, and as he's suffering, he's asking Abraham for relief. And, and then we move out of uh, that story into chapter 17, where Jesus starts to teach his disciples. And he's teaching his disciples, and it's interesting, as we move into chapter 17, Jesus is teaching his disciples about, about giving, and in particular, about receiving and I wonder, I wonder sometimes if some of us don't struggle with receiving because we struggle with the issue of deservedness. We struggle to receive when our generosity is connected to deservedness. Think about it. For many of us, when we think about Christmas, how many of you were taught that you had to be good and if you were good, then Santa Claus, checking his list twice, was going to bring you presents. But if you weren't good, you would get the lump of coal, right? Anybody besides me? All right, none of you were traumatized the way that I was, apparently. <laughs> How about this? How many of you in that, in that term leading up to Christmas, somehow or another, your parents connected the marks that you would make in school on the kind of Christmas you were going to have. Oh, now, I'm, now I'm hitting home. Right? In our, in our humanness, we connect giving, we connect generosity to deservedness. Right? We connect how generous, how much we're going to give to how much someone deserves. Oftentimes, when we think about giving gifts, and even when we think about receiving gifts, we think about deservedness. And in Luke chapter 17, Jesus begins to address the issue of deservedness. And in particular, he talks about the fact of, of when we have offended someone or when we've sinned against someone or when someone sins against us. Now, remember... He's pivoting out of the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man, if you read the story, the rich man had all of this wealth and blessing in life. And so he went to Hades and then Lazarus had pain and suffering in life. And so he went to Abraham's bosom. 
right? So there's this whole connectedness, and that would have rung true to the heart of a religious Jew because on the one side, he said, okay, this guy, you have the law, and you have, the Mos- and you have Moses, and if, you, and if you obey it, then you're going to be blessed, and if you don't obey it, then, of course, you're going you're gonna to suffer. And so Jesus pivots out of this conversation about deservedness, and he starts to make it personal. He says, listen, if you, if you people are going to stumble, People are going to make mistakes. People are going to sin. Jesus said, don't participate in someone's shame. Don't participate in someone missing the mark. And then he, then he makes it, flips it. He does what Jesus always does. He flips it and he talks about when someone sins against us. And he makes this statement that is so hard and difficult. It's hard or difficult for me. Jesus says, if someone has sinned against you and they come and they say, I repent, forgive me. Jesus said you're supposed to forgive them. And then he does what he always does. He takes it a step further. He said, if, if they come back a second time, you forgive them again. If they come back a third time, you forgive them again. In the same day, if they come back a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh time, Jesus said, you just keep on forgiving them. Now, ask yourself the question, somebody who has sinned against you seven times, where are they at on the ranking of your Christmas list? Are are they getting the lump of coal or are they getting the new car? Have you ever seen the new car commercials where somebody gets a new car for Christmas? Who does that? I I don't know how that works. Jesus said, listen, when it comes to this issue of deservedness now, if you keep reading all of chapter 17, when you get to the very bottom, it's a whole conversation about the kingdom of God. Remember, much of what Jesus was doing was reorienting the lives and the minds and the hearts of the people that were following him so they could understand the kingdom of God. Jesus was trying to teach them, in the kingdom of God, blessedness has nothing to do with deservedness. In the kingdom of man, blessedness has everything to do with deservedness. But in the kingdom of God, blessedness has nothing to do with deservedness. If you understand the kingdom, then you understand that God forgives not based on anything we've done. Father God is not in heaven. He's not up in heaven with his list checking it twice. He's not Santa Claus deciding how he's going to relate to you based on whether you were naughty or nice. God has chosen to relate to you and to I based on the work of his son Jesus who completed once and for all paying the price that not a single one of us could ever pay. Forgiveness has nothing to do with anything that you and I could ever do or anything that you or I could ever earn. Now, here's where Jesus makes it personal. Jesus says forgiveness towards someone else has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with whether or not they deserve it. Boy, isn't that hard. How many of us withhold forgiveness based on how a person asks for forgiveness? Did they look at me the right way when they said, forgive me? Did they really mean it? Now, 
let's be realistic this morning. If somebody sins against you seven times in one day, is there something inside of you that's going to say, oh, they didn't really mean that? If they just keep doing it over and over and over again, how many of us are going to cut them off and say, no, 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 you've crossed the line in my life. And yet Jesus says, listen, the way that it works in the kingdom is in the kingdom, you just keep on forgiving them. Pastor Randy, what does this have to do with receiving? See, here's the interesting thing that we learn from Scripture. Many of us have a hard time receiving forgiveness because we have a hard time. To the degree with which we offer grace is the degree to which we receive grace. Is it possible that many of us struggle with insecurity in us receiving the love, from God, love of God because we have a hard time offering the love of God? Is it possible that some of us struggle with grace because we're unwilling to give grace? Jesus continues to teach, and I would encourage you during your daily 20 this week to go and read Luke chapter 17 and to see how all of these things are related to one another. They're not, they're not separated principles or concepts. They're all related to one another. Jesus goes on in Luke chapter 17, and he continues to teach, and he says, listen, Let's, let's think about this for a moment. Think about giving, think about receiving. And he says this statement, he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it will obey you. Now, a lot of people, this is that verse of scripture that people like to quote, they like to put it on a meme. But did you know that 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 particular verse of scripture has everything to do with the disciples asking Jesus the question, how in the world am I supposed to keep on forgiving somebody who's done me wrong? That question didn't have anything to do with you getting a new car. It didn't have anything to do with you getting a new house. It didn't have anything to do with you getting a big bank account. It had everything to do with how do I get along with people who've done me wrong? How do I get along with people who've hurt me? How do I, how do I forgive people who've abused me? How do I receive from people who I'm not even sure I like? That's what that verse of scripture had everything to do with. Jesus' disciples looked at him and said, wow, you mean to tell me that I've got to forgive over and over and over again? Jesus, how in the world do I have that kind of faith? Jesus, let me, let me explain it to you. Let me explain to you how you have that kind of faith. Let me explain to you how you live that kind of life. See, receiving, receiving is an act of faith. You and I struggle to receive grace because we don't, we don't have the faith to give grace. Because we connect our generosity to people's deservedness. Well, they don't deserve, they don't deserve to be treated that way. They don't deserve. See, around the holidays, isn't it interesting that we get together with our families and all of these things happen? And have you ever have you ever been in this situation? Desra's family wasn't this way. This was my family. You knew it was going to be the holidays. You knew Christmas was in full swing when the uncles were out in the, in the front yard and they were rehashing that old argument. 
that old family story, that old family issue, that, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, that time I loaned you money and you didn't pay me back. Some of you grew up in families like mine, right? Somehow Jesus was connecting this story about receiving to the story about giving, and he was connecting all of this to this act of faith. And he said, somehow in me, in the kingdom, we live by faith, so we receive by faith, and we, we give by faith. Grace is an issue of faith. Mercy is an issue of faith. Generosity is an issue of faith. It's not an issue of deservedness. It's not an issue of whether or not someone's earned it or not. It's an act of grace, it's an act of love, and I can participate in it by faith, not by works. This would have been revolutionary for the people in Jesus' day because everything about their spirituality was completely connected to their works, the way they related to God and the way they related to one another. Jesus is changing how they think about their relationships with one another, and he's saying, listen, it is it is because of the seed of faith in your life that you're able to live in right relationship, not just with God, but you're able to live in right relationship with others. This is a word for some of you this morning because you're going to go to Christmas lunch in a few days and you're wondering, how is this relationship going to go? How am I going to sit down at a table with this person who's done me wrong, who's hurt my feelings, who owes me money? How am I going to, how is this going to work? Here's the word of the Lord for you today by faith through grace. Amen. By faith, you can love those people. By faith, you can offer forgiveness to them again. By faith, you can receive from them. See, some of us, we struggle through the holidays because we struggle to receive from people who've let us down. We struggle to receive from people who've hurt us. We struggle to receive the fullness and and see, as Jesus continues to unpack this, he illustrates, how, he illustrates beautifully what it really means to receive. He pivots into this conversation, and he starts to talk about, he starts to talk about these 10 men. And as he's talking about these 10 men, he reveals truth to us about receiving. See, here's a, a problem for some of us in receiving is insecurity. We, we struggle to receive because we're insecure. We're either insecure because we feel like we don't deserve it or we're insecure because we feel like the other person, person doesn't deserve it. And there's, so there are those type of people who can't receive because they feel like they don't deserve it or they don't trust the person who's giving it. Then there are the other type of people who struggle to receive and it's the kind of people who feel entitled. Oftentimes, entitlement keeps us from the full benefit of receiving. Think about it. Jesus tells, or the story's told about these 10 men. These are lepers. They are outcasts from society. And as they are outcasts from society, Jesus is traveling along with his disciples and and he comes upon these 10 men and they stay, they stay afar away from Jesus and they call out to him because uh, based on culture and society at that time, they would have not been able to get close to anybody. Their relationship with each other was built on their common suffering. And because of their suffering, they were disconnected from community. And so they called out to Jesus, 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 heal us. Jesus, have mercy on us. And, 
And I love it. Jesus says, okay, go show yourselves to uh, the priest. And on the way, showing themselves to the priest, the Bible says that they are cleansed. But then scripture says that only one of them returns to give Jesus praise. Only one of them returns to offer thanksgiving. And Jesus is, is confused by the interaction because he asked the question, weren't 10 cleansed and only one has returned? And then he takes it a step further and he says, of the one who returned, it was the foreigner. It was the one it was the one who was the furthest away from the kingdom, and yet they understood the kingdom the most. I love this interaction because Jesus responding to the Samaritan says, rise and, and go and your soul will be well. There was something interesting because all of them had been healed and yet the fullness of the healing was experienced by the one who returned to give Jesus praise. Think about it. I, again, during your daily 20, I want you to read this passage because it's clear. It's clear that all of them were healed. And yet Jesus said to this one, Jesus said to this one, your faith has made you well. There was something different. There was something different I really want you to get this. I don't know that I'm doing a very good job of helping you to see this. There's something different about the fact that all of these people were healed, and yet this one walked away well. Is it possible to receive a gift, but to not fully understand and enjoy the benefits of that gift? Is it possible that our heart and our attitude towards what we receive, the mindset and the mentality of how we receive something that keeps us from fully enjoying it. I don't know if you've ever given a gift to somebody before and you give them that gift and they open that gift and they're like, oh, thank you for that. And then you give somebody a gift how many of you ever bought, when your kids were little, you bought them a present and they opened the box and they took the present and then they started playing with the box? <laughs> right? The toy, the new whatever, they don't even interest. All of a sudden, they're enjoying the box, right? And you're like, but there's this thing that I bought you and it's wonderful and, it, and they're not even enjoying that thing, right? Something about there's something about the heart of these nine verses, the one that Jesus wanted those who were following him that day to understand. There's something about the way that that Samaritan responded to Jesus that released something beyond the healing. Jesus said, go away, enjoy, enjoy, experience being well, your faith has released something in you. It's interesting, again, because Jesus, Jesus wasn't talking to unbelievers that day. He was talking to his disciples. He was talking to his closest followers. 
He wanted them to understand your entitlement can get in the way of you fully understanding the blessing of the kingdom. These nine Jewish people who had, who had this disease and were cleansed all went away healed, but it was the Samaritan who went away well. Is it, is it possible that some of us have grown up, have grown up in the house, we've grown up in the blessing, we've grown up in the church, we've grown up around all of this stuff, and because we've grown up in it, We've become desensitized to the miracle of it all. Is it possible that we unwrap the present and we, we say thank you, but we don't fully embrace the fullness of what God has given to us? Is it possible that it's become stagnant and stale in our lives? That Samaritan came and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he responded out of a heart of gratitude to Jesus saying, thank you, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. And Jesus says, yes, because of that faith, because of your response, something is being released in your life. I want to encourage you during this Christmas season, be the kind of person, be the kind of person who knows how to receive. Be the kind of person who doesn't allow their insecurity, their connectedness to deservedness to get in the way of receiving. See, if, if, we, connect, if we connect legalism to our lives, then we're gonna constantly be putting up barriers between us and others. Perhaps that barrier exists because we don't believe we deserve their love. We don't believe we deserve their generosity. We don't believe what, we don't, we don't believe that we're worthy of whatever they've given us or perhaps the other way around. Perhaps we, we give things and, and, and although we may give something, we're holding something back because we believe they don't deserve it. Can I encourage you during this Christmas season to embrace the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of man and connect your generosity, your giving and your receiving, not to deservedness, but to mercy and love and grace. Can I encourage you during this Christmas season to go further than that, to move beyond that idea of deservedness and also allow the Holy Spirit to check your heart in the area of entitlement. Can I not really enjoy this gift? Can I not enjoy this generosity because, because I felt like I deserved it, because I felt like I'm entitled to it. I wonder about, I wonder about those other nine. Where did, where did the rest of their story go? Where did the rest of their story go? How did the, how did the legend of their life go when they told people about their healing experience? Who got the glory? Where did their story go? That this Samaritan went away well, not in religion, but in relationship with God. I, I want to read from Luke chapter 7, another story where Jesus talks about someone who understood what it was to really receive from the kingdom. In Luke chapter 7, verses 44 through 47, then he turned toward the woman and said, Simon, do you see this woman? See, Jesus had been invited to a Pharisee's house and this Pharisee had invited Jesus to this wonderful meal. And when Jesus went into the meal, the Bible says that there was this woman who followed him in. And at his feet, at his feet, she continued all night long 
So much so that the Pharisee judged Jesus and said, if this man was really a prophet, he would know what kind of woman she was and he wouldn't be allowing her to touch him. Jesus, knowing what was going on in Simon's heart, says, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has forgiven little, has been forgiven little, loves little. See, I receive to the degree that I understand the gift and the giver. Imagine this picture. Jesus, as this rabbi, this teacher, comes into a Pharisee's house and the community questionable woman follows him in. He sits at the table and she's at his feet the whole time. And the crowd, the people who were there that day, they're judging her and they're judging him. What does he have? What is he doing? Why is he allowing her why is he allowing her to act like this? She doesn't deserve to be in this rabbi's presence. Does he not know her sin? Does he not know what she's done? Does he not know where she's been? Think about it. I don't, I don't care who you are in this place this morning. Every one of us, every one of us, know someone who's done worse than we have. Can you imagine? Why is he allowing her to touch him? Why is he allowing? And yet Jesus turns to Simon and he says, listen, Simon, you see this one way. I see it a totally different way. When I came, when I came into this room, you didn't, you didn't even give me a pail of water to wash my feet. Yet this woman has washed my feet with her tears and her hair. You didn't anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet. Simon, here's, here's what I see. What I see is a heart of gratitude. What I see is a person who understands the price that has been paid for them. What I see is a person who knows how to receive versus a person who's entitled to my presence. And so they act as if it's not a big deal that I'm here. What I see is a person whose heart isn't filled with humility, but instead a heart, a mind that's focused on judging. I'm here in your presence, Simon, and you can't even enjoy me being here because you forget who I am and you forget who you are. You see, to be the kind of person who receives in the kingdom, we can never forget who he is 
and we can never forget who we are. The one Samaritan, the one Samaritan who was the reject of the rejects is the one who recognized who Jesus was, is the one whose heart and mind responded in a way to receive the fullness of what was being offered to him that day. The woman who was the social reject, the one who wasn't religious, the one who didn't know all the stuff, was the one whose heart knew who he was and whose heart knew who she was. During this Christmas season, can I encourage you, be a receiver, be one who receives. But the way we receive in alignment with the kingdom is not about the stuff. It's about identity, his identity and our identity.